Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. Okay. And this week we are looking at Season 1, Episode 24, My Coffee with Niles, in which Frasier and Niles share a coffee in Nervosa, mulling over the minor details in their lives and asking each other that age-old question, are you happy? So, Kate, we're on the final episode of Season 1. I can't believe we've been doing this for, well, 25 weeks. We obviously missed last week. I'm going to just ask you a simple question this week. Are you happy? I knew you were going to ask this question. <laughs> Honestly, I've spent the last two weeks like having a midlife, like an existential crisis. Like, am I happy? Really, just anticipating this question. Um, am I, is it in relation to the podcast, am I happy, or just generally? I just, mate, I'm just, I'm like Niles to Fraser here, just oh probing and asking you. You can choose to answer this however you wish. Don't worry about uh, getting personal. In regards to the podcast, very happy. Very happy. It's wildly exceeding my expectations. Likewise. And everyone who's listening to this should know that you should get all the credit because you do all the work on it. That is oh. that is very kind, Key, but it would be absolutely dire if I didn't have anyone to chat to. If it was just me talking through my opinions, which originally it was going to be until you kind of offered to join, which was the best thing that ever happened to this podcast, it would have been terrible. So that's very kind of you, Key, but it takes uh, it takes two to tango here. But yeah, so you are happy generally with the podcast? What the about podcast? In, your, in your wider oh, life? Absolutely right. I've been thinking about this. I'm not sure if it's just like, it's not too depressing for like a, a podcast about a sitcom to be just chatting about all my troubles. <laughs> honestly, I was having like this all existential crisis thinking about this. I was I was sat in bed, like we were meant to record this. At 2 a.m. Like Shannon was trying to sleep. I was like, Shan, Shan. I'm thinking about it. Maybe I'm not happy. Am I happy? Like, maybe I'm not happy because I have too much of a siege mentality. I just get through life. Or maybe I'm missing out on the happiness. Maybe, okay. Maybe. I mean, I've, I've known you for a while, and you've always brought me happiness. So I hope that Thank I hope you. that means something to you. And maybe we can do a bonus episode somewhere down the line where we discuss our happinesses or, or lack <laughs> of therein. But let I say because it is we've got a bit of a bumper episode when it comes to trivia and fan mail as was expected. So let's just jump right in to Trivia Corner this week. Are you ready? I'm very much so. Excellent. So we've been sent in three batches this week. So we've got some from the usual Hamish, Cam Winston. We've got some from Steve Mutum, who I've mentioned quite a few times, a regular listener, moderator at Fraser Fan Club. He loves this episode. So he wanted to make sure he got some questions in this week. And last but not least, Coffee is back. For a while. I don't know if he's going to be back permanently, but he's definitely back this week. Because as we know, his username is my coffee with Niles. I personally messaged him saying you can't miss out because I know you love this episode. And he sent us some questions. So I'm going to kick off with Hamish's first key. Are you ready for those? I am ready, yeah. Excellent. So question one, when Niles and Frazier sit outside at Nervosa when they can't find a table, how many napkins are there on the table and what colour are they? Oh, God. Starting off with an absolute <laughs> stinger. <laughs> oh, this is horrible. Before um, we went on air, Key did tell me he's, uh, this mem- the memory of this episode has slowly started to fade from when he when he watched it for this episode. So bear with me. I watched it last week in anticipation <laughs> of me, not, me actually being able to record on time. Um <laughs> Okay, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. Go for it, mate. I'm going to say that the napkins are green, because green's a great colour. 
Mm, it is. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say they've got one napkin each, but then there's another napkin just in the middle, just in case anyone needs it. So green and three napkins. That's my guess. Okay, there are three napkins. So oh. well played, but they are red. And I think green makes a lot more sense because although we don't see much signage for Nervosa, I'm fairly certain its colour scheme is like green. Like I feel like the awning is green or the door is green or something is green at Nervosa. So green would be a better choice. Okay, question. I'm going to take that. Take it as a moral yeah, victory. Take it as a moral victory, mate. It's just you've got clearly a great design touch. Um, okay, <laughs> question two. Martin is stupid in Cafe Nervosa, according to one character. Why? Why is he stupid or called stupid in this scene? Did he get his umbrella? Something he like that. He did. Can you remember what Daphne calls it? Because I do want to talk about this when we get to the uh, the review. Oh God! If you don't remember, then I will. Uh, I'll save it for for the review. I think we save it for the review okay, rather than embarrassing. Uh, infuriatingly, uh, it's just a stupid word, but we'll get there. Okay, question three, last one from Hamish this week. How does Fraser respond to Martin saying that Hoppy's old Heidelberg has the best bratwurst in town? This is a great question. I think I do know this one because I quite like the way he says it. Is it Achtelieber? Something it like that? It is. And can you take a guess what you think that means in German? I want to say it means, oh my God. That is exactly what it means. Yeah. Okay, that, yeah. is, that is me. For someone who watched the episode a week ago, that is a stellar performance in Trivia Corner. Wow, it's playing. complete guesswork. I knew the last <laughs> one, the second I guessed, and the third, first, I had no idea. Wasn't was, even in the right. Well, that was couple. really, really good stuff. So, thank you for those questions, Hamish. I'll, uh, I'll ask another batch before you, uh, you do yours for me. So, we will, uh, we'll go over to Steve's now. Okay, so the first question from Steve, a very you know, self-confessed huge fan of this episode. At the beginning of the episode, Niles is on the phone to Maris. Fraser asked, "What the call? When the call ends, was Maris lost again?" Where was she? Oh, yeah. Okay. I do think... I know. Did she go into the, the kitchen, maybe? She had someone kitchen? into the kitchen while playing. And bonus points. Can you remember the directions Niles gives her to get out of the kitchen? Oh, God. There's, no. three, <laughs> there's three instructions he gives her. They're you know, quite simple, but just three. Okay. I'm going to say... just be. I mean, he's one of two, isn't it? You're going to either go right, left, or right. Right, left, right. Probably. Left, probably. Or it could be up or down. You never know. I'm going to say left, right, left. And it's a guess. <laughs> Yeah, it basically is. It's left, second, right. They're left again. So, you're on fire, mate. If you, if this is what you're like and you don't watch the episode for a week, I, I should I, stop. Watching I, yeah, stop watching them. Don't watch any episode next week. We'll uh, we'll see how you fare then. Um, but well played. Okay, question two. When Fraser receives his first incorrect coffee of the episode, he's standing at the counter. A specials board is behind him, advertising poppy seed muffins. How much are they? Okay, not. Yeah, my good run has come to an end. Um, <laughs> because they do say at some point in this episode the the price of coffee, because Martin reacts to it. If you uh, could remember that, maybe it will help you. Fi- in fact, mm, I'm trying to think about whether this. Makes know how much sense. the coffee was? I think so. If it's the same, if that's remember- what you're trying to tell me. No, 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 no. I was hoping the coffee price would maybe orientate you. It's not the same. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> okay, would I pay? Okay, answer me this: Would you pay more or less than the coffee? A, a, a muffin. You would pay more than the coffee, which is why it doesn't really make sense to me. That your way of saying it's actually less. No, 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 no. You would pay more. You would pay more. But I don't like in in the UK coffee like Starbucks. A muffin is always less than 
a cup of coffee. Okay. So that's why it's just a bit weird. But no, it's it's more than the coffee in this episode. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the coffee is a dollar fifty. It is. Yes. It Makes, is I'm gonna say two dollars fifty. Two dollars fifty. It is one ninety five. So you you get some change instead back of, from a couple of dollar bills. Instead of one ninety nine. they 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 do that in the US like we do over no, there. Like that's a, I don't know if it's a very English thing, but everything over here is ninety nine p. Because people think that like four ninety nine is a lot cheaper than five pounds. Yeah, um, it's like this stupid price rhetoric thing where yeah they re- and it works psychologically. It really does hoodwink people into thinking, oh man, I've saved so much money. But yeah, but good question from Steve there. Question three: When seated outside, the brothers discuss Nars's new four hundred dollar shoes. Which designer made them? Oh God. Okay, I considered this because I considered it as one of my. Um... Yeah, I thought you might consider it funny yours, actually. Did oh god, is oh I don't think I'm gonna be able to get it. Um, Come on, man, you can do this. I believe in you. It's, it's two fairly short words. It's They're, like it's kind. It's Italian. Is the implication? I think if that's a clue for you, but I wouldn't oh. stereotype. <laughs> I'm fairly certain it's Italian. Will Will stereotypes? I guess of course <laughs> I wouldn't like the stereotype. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I ordered, this is one I feel I would have gotten last week. But, yeah, um, I think you would have. It is Bruno Marley's. Oh, Bruno Marley's. I always, I always, I can always hear him saying that in his voice as well. Like it's one that always sticks to me for this episode. But uh, a good it, question. Am I right thinking? Do you like the tassels? Is that that is that's all part yeah. of that scene? Yeah. So really good. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to skip one of his questions because it's kind of, kind of similar to another one that we have. So I don't want to kind of jumble them up too much but last question here how many locations at Novosa do the brothers converse at during the episode and i really like this question so how many try and sit spots? down or generally? yeah basically seated seated arrangements actually no 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 not seated wherever they have a conversation because they they move around but they're always obviously in different spots of the restaurant so to speak okay well they go up to the counter they and do, then one we'll chat there then they try and go to get the the seats but but someone beats them to it. They do. Don't worry too much about those. Try and think about ones where they actually come to rest and start talking. Because you're you're actually giving me more than I needed. Because that is just oh, a classic, classic you for how good you are at the trivia. Oh, okay, just try and get the others. And then they go outside at one stage. They do. Table outside. That's the second of three I was looking for. Can then the they go back inside. Mm-hmm. And they're by the window, aren't they? They are by the window seat. Niles gets there first. Yes, I believe we've talked about this before, but the window seat has always been my favourite in the Vosa. I think both of them go to the bathroom, but they don't go together at any stage. Yes, they do, actually. And someone's made a really good point about that because they did that for ad breaks and to make it seem realistic because the episode's filmed in real time. Um, so the, the reason they both go for the bathroom is because of ad breaks. So a really cool little, uh, I can't remember who said that, but we'll probably get there in listener mail because I do want to credit whoever said that because it wasn't, it wasn't my idea. Um, but excellent questions there from Steve. Do you want to hit me with yours key this week? Uh, yes, I will. Okay. So my first question, mm-hmm. um, when Frazier sings uh, the song or the, you know, theme tune at the end of the episode, yep. what are his last words? Wow, what an excellent question! Because I have apps one, I have absolutely no idea, and two, because obviously it varies a few times. Like you know, a bit like how the theme tune at the beginning there's about you know ten or so that they cycle through. I I, I know there's a few lyrical variations on the last bit, but is this something specific to this episode? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, you know, yeah, not I'm, specific to the plot per se. No, 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 no. I'm I'm episode. I'm just going to take a style because it's the last episode of the season. Maybe thank you for listening. 
Okay, you're not a million miles away. Uh, it's Damn. you next year. We love you, or See we love you ya. next year. No, oh, does he? I wonder if he says that at any other season finales. Actually, not to dispute the fact that you said it was unique to this episode. More out of the kind of curiosity that obviously these were every year. So why would he say it at the beginning and maybe not in others? So interesting, but that's Very a possibly. really cool catch because I barely ever wait around to listen to the uh, to the theme music at the end. So well played, Kate. Well played. Okay, so we've got my second question. Let's go. What is Frasier's order? Oh, God. As in what he finally gets at the end? Yeah, what is his final? What uh, What for him was, makes him okay. happy? I think it is a Zimbabwe latte, and I think it's huh? decaf. It yeah. doesn't have cinnamon on. You've got three out of four stages. And probably something to do with the foam. No foam? Not exactly. Oh. Um, you're gonna have to tell me. Three out of four. The last, four three out of four. The last one, uh, non-fat milk. Non-fat milk, man. Of course. In fact, I've just realised that was actually the question that I skipped on Steve. So if I paid more attention to the answer, <laughs> I'd have actually been able to get it right. Um, but yeah, great minds think alike there, Stephen Key. Um, but yeah, that's a great question. Okay, my third question. That's wrong. Is Roz's date with? Okay. I knew on some subconscious level you were going to ask this, and I haven't made a note of it, but I'm going <laughs> to. I think I remember. I think it's Andy Winslow or Wimslow. It is Andy Winslow, Andy yeah. Andy Winslow, nice. Thank God. If you can call it a date. He's trying yeah. to convert her, but <laughs> yeah, that's a really good little. Like, it's not even a B plot; it's like a C plot, but it's so good. I do love that uh, that Roz moment in this. My final question in mm-hmm. this first season: What sports team does Niles reference? Oh man, okay, so this is to Marty, and he says, "Oh, shut up, Niles," or something, something really dismissive. It's either going to be the Mariners or the Seahawks. Um, I just feel like, I feel like I feel like say, how about them Seahawks? Oh well, how about those Mariners? <laughs> You're joking! No, <laughs> man. Oh, I was so confident then. I really thought I'd got it. Damn it! How about those Mariners? How about those Mariners? And then he does say, "Oh, shut up, Niles," or something. Yeah. So you really got cool. everything else. That wasn't, that wasn't too else. bad, actually. Yeah, people, regular well. listeners of this show, or no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I normally flounder. That's not too bad. Okay, so we haven't heard from Coffee for weeks now, and he's back with his favourite episodes questions. So I'm going to read those out now. Okay, so question one. In choosing between the two special coffees offered that day, Fraser orders a Zimbabwe latte, as we've discussed. What does Niles order? Oh, okay. Isn't it a, is it a, a Kenya cappuccino? I it think. is, is a Kenya cappuccino, but he does say Kenya like Kenya, doesn't he? Like it's it's with an R. He says a Kenya cappuccino. Is that, I don't know. Is that a specific like? It's a type of. Like... It could well be. I thought it was Kenyan, like Zimbabwe, like they're both African coffees. And that's what I went with. Yeah, um, so I just I feel like his pronunciation's that. weird. Um, but we were very wrong about Kona coffee. That was obviously we were, a big we were, Hawaiian thing. So you've been wrong about a lot of things. In this <laughs> we really have. Okay, great question there from Coffee. Question two: In pursuit of the perfect latte, Fraser is served how many cups of coffee during this episode? Okay, this is a nice one. I'm thinking because there is four parts to the answer you've just given. It's yeah. going to be four cups of coffee, one for each. They get wrong one for each one. Interesting. When I say four coffees, very, very interesting. You are correct. It is four. Yeah. I was trying to gaslight you. It wasn't working. Um, <laughs> but the next question is is actually about the bathroom breaks, and it was coffee. It was part of one of coffee's questions. So I'm so sorry, coffee, that I've ruined one of your questions. However, we now get to fully credit you with coming up with that excellent observation. So yeah, the idea is they uh, they skip forward in in kind of time by both going to the 
uh, to the bathroom, which is pretty a pretty clever way of dealing with the uh, the single setting episode. He also asked about the Bruno Marlies, um, which I didn't realise, and I've already asked from Steve. <laughs> so, Coffee, I'm so sorry, mate. I've absolutely ruined your uh, your questions this week. But I think I think I think in keeping with the kind of the you know the, the rapport we all have now outside of the podcast, that this won't be too offensive to you. Hopefully, you'll laugh this off. But here we go. Last question, and I haven't ruined this one. As Martin leaves Nervosa with Niles, he asks what the two Crane boys talk about all the time. Niles replies jokingly with three topics. What are they? Oh, okay. I'm going to say Monster Trucks, I think is one. That is one. Monster Truck rallies, but Monster Trucks is fine. Rallies, okay. Um, I'm going to say another is Chicks. Yes, it chicks. is. It's Can't it for the home run, Key. Oh, I'm going to say, okay. It's either beer or sports, and I'm going to say sports. It is sports. Well sports. played, man. Well played. <laughs> Um, I have just another apology to Coffee for ruining two of those questions there, but he's left us a really nice kind of review of the episode, which we'll read out in listener mail. Um, but thank you everyone who sent in questions this week. Really great to see so many people love my Coffee with Niles. Um, so we had so much to choose from there. Um, really good stuff. So let's just jump into the review key. You're not going to believe this. There's always one thing I forget every week and I've forgotten what the title animation is on this episode. Tell me you oh, made a note. Let me have a look at my notes. And Please. I did. I yes, did my thank notes. God. What is it? Um, it's the lift going up it's animation. Lift going up. Okay. So uh, we've said before, it's a pretty classic one. But I'd have thought, I'd have liked to have seen them push the boat out for the last episode here. Maybe maybe pick something new. But uh, lift going up. We have, as we already discussed, Maris has wandered into the kitchen and Niles giving her directions. There's a nice kind of symmetry with this scene and like later on in the series when Martin gets stuck in the uh, the gift wrapping room at the Montana and then he's kind of, he's giving him directions to get back and then he ends up on that weird little balcony thing that looks over the living room. Um, I like that balcony. I'm a big fan of that yeah, balcony. Yeah, I'm there actually. It's like a little kind of, it's like a little library thing. And then just, yeah, the fact he gets there and he's like, yeah, I'm stuck. Um, just really, <laughs> really cool. No, just one of the things I've made a note here is that Novosa is obviously so busy. One, it's strange because it's it's never that busy in the show. Like, I can't remember. There's probably episodes I could count on one hand where there's like more than 10 people in there or something. Um, but also very uncanny to see kind of living in the time of COVID, just to see a huge crowd enjoying a coffee house. Like I don't know how this made you feel. It, you're very right. It's the weird. it is it's a bit weird looking at it now. But at the same time, this brings back so many memories of good old days when you could go to a crowded place. Um, <laughs> Make it sound like the world's ended, like we're living in some apocalypse. <laughs> oh, the good old days. But how, also, how Niles reacts exactly <laughs> how I react in this situation. I give people dirty looks. I hate the fact they're there i try and get a seat someone beats me to it and i curse that person like they would go in their grave as fast that person is <laughs> do you give them a look like niles does and i can't quite do it as good as niles you can't quite um, arch your eyebrows as high as david yeah. pierce but no i'm with you there we're like the brit the british in particular um we have a very strict queuing system and general kind of social decorum when you're at a pub or you're a cafe or whatever and yeah, people jumping in your seats, like in High Crane Drifter, when the guy gets an etiquette lesson. You never, ever do that in the UK. And 
and you know, it'd be socially accepted. It's uh, it's which obviously Frasier doesn't accept it anyway. But yeah, I'm with you. It would it does my head in when I see this kind of happen. And you know, I would I would probably give them a look like Nars does as well. So I'm I'm with him. I'd there. give them a look, but I wouldn't say anything. At no, all. that's they... also a very British <laughs> thing: is to uh, be very annoyed but not do anything about it. Is uh, yeah, that's very much what this nation is built on. I think another reference here to Yoshi. I put another reference. Is this the first, perhaps, to Yoshi the Gardener? I could be wrong. Is Yoshi not referenced in the very first episode? Oh my god, I think he is, yes. Not the very first scene, the I think. Very, it's very first scene. Oh no, 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 it's the very first scene in Navosa, yeah, because the first scene's Fraser and KSL, I think. I think yeah. you're right. He's uh and yeah, and then Niles says how he locked himself in the morning room until he'd calmed down. I remember oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah, I'm actually having I've just gone on KSL just to double check and mm-hmm. Yeah, he said it opens with Yoshi. I do not want a Zen garden in my backyard. There we go, man. Excellent. So, the first and last episode this season, Yoshi is the glue that binds them all together. So, the unsung true star. star. I think, you know, we've got Kennedy Burling, but, you know, I think maybe Yoshi joins the ranks. Who knows? Um, I feel like this is something that's definitely been planned in the idea that they're, you know, the first time we see Niles in the first episode. And then the last episode, your know, first episode, Yoshi wants his Zen Garden. He's not going to get it. This episode, he's getting his Zen Garden. Yes, I, 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 I'm not. I hadn't even twigged actually that this, the the content of the conversation was that similar. Not just the fact they're talking about Yoshi, but about the Zen Garden. Yeah, like Fraser's saying, oh, you know, good for Maris. It's bringing out her spiritual side. And he's like, well, I'm not sure. I saw her, you know, ordering from the Sears catalog, reading a, a Danielle Steele novel. I don't know, Danielle Steele is a bit like the, I don't know, it's, it's hard to, I, I'm not someone who believes in like lowbrow culture. Like if you like something, you like it. And, I, you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be belittled for whatever comfort you get. Um, I'm trying to think of like a good comparison. She's a bit like the Stephen King of like the romance genre. I think I don't know if you've ever read one. Okay, are you familiar with her work? To be honest, I thought Danielle still wrote crime novels. No, she may have at some point, but I'm fairly certain that the kind of the whole uh, the majority of her work, she's like a very prolific writer. She's written loads, which is why I compare it to Stephen King. But yeah, like I, I know my nan's had a few, and I've kind of seen them dotted around the place so i think it just really strikes me weird that maris would read her like that was really out of character to me it's a very human thing to do and maris obviously is not i agree i i found it a bit i can't even picture the idea of maris just sort of sitting reading a book i found it quite strange like i know she speaks to niles but the idea of her ordering something from a catalog like a normal human being (laughs) just doesn't seem possible i don't know i love this line from from fraser when they're talking about how much time's passed and niles is like oh it seems like only yesterday Dad moved in with you. To which Kelsey says, "Isn't it funny how two people can have distinct opposite impressions of the same event?" <laughs> Brilliant delivery, really good line, um, and also just just really accurate as well. Like I can imagine it has felt like a very long time for Frasier, whereas Niles has to see Martin like once a week, and that's it. Yeah, and I think there's an element of of Niles who misses out on that a little bit. You know, he perhaps feels a bit bad that he doesn't get to spend that time with. With Martin, that the Frasier does. I think it's something it's explored in later episodes mm. uh, quite a bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've the episode Dial M for Martin, where he actually moves in with him and stuff. Um, and like he uses what you've just said as a ploy when really he just wants Daphne to move in with him. But yeah, no, completely, completely true. And I think, I think if I was Nas, I would feel that kind of pang of jealousy a little bit. You know, it, he does look up to Frasier in so many other ways that Frasier being the one to kind of bridge the gap with their dad first is obviously going to be a bit of a, 
a sticking point. So the first moment of musical chairs begins in this episode. I've got the coffee count here. We know that people listening, some people listening, including a friend of yours, are keeping track of these as well. Um, Or so they tell us, which I hope they are, because I am prone to mistakes. I've got four for this episode. Niles drinks two coffees, from what I remember. Martin drinks one, and Fraser drinks his right at the end, but he doesn't drink any of the other three that he gets brought. I don't think. Um, I could be wrong on this. I've not like checked in. No, no, it. please, please do. Martin count. actually drink from his. I had to go back and check, but he does. Um, does. There's, there's a, he takes one sip from it um, because, like, when she like brings his hand to it. And like, because obviously he's pretending to be blind, and then uh, and then he does at some point pick it up. I did go back and check because I was like you. I initially had it as three. I was like, oh yeah, mine doesn't drink from his. But I did go back one solitary sip. So this is the first time we see outside Novosa, which is a really nice kind of change of set design and stuff. And I'm fairly certain this is our first time seeing that kind of that arrangement. It doesn't get shown much. I'm trying to think of how many episodes I can remember, kind of off the cuff, where they're sitting there. Um, I think it's a gangster one. Say? Yeah, Word to the Wise Guy is yeah. one I've got written down. And A Crane's Critique, which is the one where they see the author, the reclusive author, across the street. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, they're sitting at the table right then when they see him. I can't remember. I can't think. I don't know if you can off the top of your head. Any others? Me, my go-to is always the gangster one. You know, Word to the Wise Guy. That's that the one really I don't know why. It. It's the one I associate with outside of Nervosa. Even more yeah. so than this not sure why but it's the i know what you mean it's the way they're kind of yeah he kind of joins them at the table it's a bit illicit the fact they're doing it at a place they go to like all the time because they're obviously just idiots that they don't know the first thing about crime they're like uh oh yeah we'll meet him in a crowded place but one we come to all the time like um that's a good episode actually i'm looking forward to that one so this is where the kind of the meat of the episode really begins the whole core of my coffee with niles is fraser and niles kind of putting the worlds to right at the world to rights, rather, and they're discussing their kind of personal problems. Niles recounts at this point watching a documentary about the Dust Bowl in on PBS in his study. Now, this is a really minor detail, and I stuck on this for a while. I find it really sad that he was watching TV in his study, so presumably on his own. Maris would have been elsewhere in the house. He's watching, a, obviously, a very depressing kind of Steinbeckian documentary about the Depression to kind of, you know, Oki's traveling from, you know, Oklahoma to California or whatever. Really, really grim. And just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this struck you, but the fact he's watching that in his study on his own, I just thought it was a really sad detail. I mean, what I find even sadder is the fact that he, you know, the, the little story about the, the boy who gets new shoes and he's never going to feel a happiness like that in his whole life. Yeah, that's a really powerful bit. And as much as, I mean, he even says it in his episode, he says that he's not happy. Mm. I, I mean, I think Niles has got a touch of depression in this episode. I absolutely this agree. Yeah, I think it is clear at this point that he does because you know he says no i'm not but we're not here to talk about me like he very openly says no i'm not happy and then fraser's obviously like well you know you're my only brother you've just told me not happy you know that upsets me but i completely agree with you just i think i think niles has some really great moments in this episode um some that have been picked out actually by some people in lister mail but there's one that i won't spoil yet but i really want to get to in this is a complete anecdote but i actually gave a conference paper via zoom on um on monday and it was actually quite a big turnout it was about 50 people on zoom which is the biggest i've ever spoken in front of even though i couldn't see any of them because it was like a webinar so you can only see me on the screen and everyone else was hidden somewhere in the background but the conference paper was actually on the depression and uh, like depression era photography so the documentary niles was watching was probably probably had f- photographs of the people i was including in this documentary so a nice little bit of 
life imitating art there or vice versa um Niles's tassels on his shoes great moment where he just says you know i've never been a fan of tassels nevertheless there they are <laughs> the way he just are, gestures yeah. to them would you ever buy some shoes with tassels on key not much of a tassel guy <laughs> oh, <laughs> but nevertheless there they are <laughs> are you kind of a designer kind of man if you you know if you had money to burn would designer shoes be top of your kind of fashion list oh i don't think so like i get a lot of stick because i wear the same shoes i've had for years which is like an eight pound sports direct <laughs> they are they long style yeah, Lonsdale, that's it, yeah. <laughs> I remember once so sweet about that. actually getting into an argument with some kids. Me, me and a cow <laughs> were playing football. Like these, like, 12-year-olds, we were about 16. These 12-year-olds came up and started laughing at my shoes. Oh, man, that's so sad. To come back, I was like, yeah, fair point. <laughs> Everything you're saying is bang on. <laughs> <laughs> like, you were just Niles in that moment, weren't you? Just, that was your Billy Creasel moment. <laughs> and one day, those same kids are going to come around to fix your toilet. And uh, you'll get your revenge. Um, Going for it. That's, that's very sad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but um, what, I, I'd probably say this is my my zinger of the week. My you just got burned. A uh, little mischief night coinage kind of fee for the week. When uh, Niall says yes, you are psychiatry's answer to the drive-through window. There's there's quite a few references to McDonald's in, across the series. Like he calls them McSessions at some point as well, which is a fantastic line anyway. But yeah, I just it's weird that like he, that is what his go-to is, like comparing Frasier to a fast food restaurant. But that, that line always sticks out, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's a great line. And it's just, I mean, this episode is just a wonderful little back and forth between Frasier and Niles yeah. from the world. And it's it's such a different kind of atmosphere and intensity to the one we saw a few weeks ago in Author Author. And it just shows the range that they both have as actors in terms of the script and just in terms of the character. Because I feel like there's not many shows where you could have two characters but I mean two episodes a couple of weeks apart we've just pretty much two characters in all the way through and have such a completely different vibe about it. That's so true, actually. I, I hadn't even contemplated the fact that, yeah, the author, author, and this are like, yeah, only separated by a, a one episode. And they're both just pure Niles and Frasier, like the whole way through. Obviously, my coffee of Niles is that little bit extra special that it's, it's kind of single setting and real time. Um, but yeah, like, and you'd really do, you're completely right seeing the range of them. I mean, the line here where Niles says it's a different kind of love when he's talking about Maris. It's not human. Yeah, it's like, it's (laughs) it's not human. It's so like sad and kind of, when you start saying that, like it's something's terribly wrong, I think, with the marriage. Like it's a different kind of love. Um, You know, I absolutely love Frager's comeback. I'm told it was a lot like that near the end in the Hitler household. (laughs) Yeah. There's a couple of, actually, that's a really similar to another line when he says, um, when Frager, when Martin and Daphne are giving each other gifts in another episode, they're getting really angry. And he's like, it's like Chris, Christmas morning in the Gambino household or something like he makes a couple of those little references to kind of historical families and you know dynasties or whatever you want to call them so yeah that line always kind of strikes me as well Niles talks about doing a jigsaw puzzle when was the last time you did a jigsaw puzzle guy I've never been much of a jigsaw puzzle guy I I was a kid my brother used to do jigsaw puzzles Um, we're talking like proper ones the one that had like four pieces and it had Thomas the Tank on (laughs) (laughs) that's about his level (laughs) <laughs> you get, I remember he had a Simpsons one. He got like a big cardboard thing, like to put it on. Um, he put it on the like the dining room table, and no one could use it for three months. 
<laughs> well, it's funny, funny you say that, Key, because I, my mom and I wanted to, we've been doing a lot of crosswords during lockdown, and we wanted to do a jigsaw puzzle, because we, I, I can't remember the last time I ever did one. It would have been when I was a kid as well. And my nan and granddad have a few, and they're big into them. And uh, we, we borrowed one of theirs, and we actually finished it tonight, and it was a, a 1,000 piecer. And it's been taking up the entire dining room table basically all week. And, you know, it's just good because when you've got a spare moment, you're cooking something, you just go over, pop a few pieces in. It's quite therapeutic in a way. But, yeah, you get a good sense of achievement from doing one. And I think, you know, if, if you're still asking that question, are you happy? Who knows? Maybe the solution is in a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to do with the puzzle now? Are you like putting it up somewhere or are you just taking it apart again? You just enjoy it for a moment and then you smash it back up and put it back <laughs> in the box. <laughs> it is an utterly futile thing when you think about it, but it is about the journey. It's about it's about the, the, the relaxation you get from putting it together. Um, kind of get it because I do like when I was at uni, I started doing like cross stitch and all that, which is fairly similar. Oh, no way. I've, um, I like that. Uh, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm being Mike Sanchez. Oh, I like him. He's... <laughs> Are you still doing that? <laughs> I'm not. I'm, the problem is, I'm not consistent with it because ah. I can do a little bit. I'll have like one night where I do loads, and I'll forget about it for six months. That's <laughs> really cool. Like it's it's a good um, little. It's like people who are into knitting. It's like oh, people people you know laugh at it or whatever. Like oh, you know, it's an old people thing. But if you can knit yourself a scarf or a jumper, you're laughing. You know, you're saving so much money. Yeah, so I think that's pretty cool. Okay, I think you should. I think you should pick it up. Maybe you should cross stitch the We're Listening logo or the Fraser skyline. It's not that good. I can only do it where it's just like it has the colours for you, and you're just putting the colour it tells you. <laughs> okay. Even then, if you actually look at it, it's not the. It just goes up and down. It's all over the place. Well, it's it's still far more than I'd be able to do. So you have my admiration there. And if you ever do complete anything, you've got to send it to me and I can share it with I've the others. I've completed a couple. Have you? I have got a couple. Yeah, like they're genuinely framed. Wow. Okay, send me some pics. I can't believe I've not <laughs> seen bad. them. They're really bad. <laughs> I want to see some photos, Keith. Let the cat <laughs> out of the bag now. Get the ones that are for like eight years old and under. So I can do it. <laughs> like my first cat. That's what it is. <laughs> my first cat. Um, so at this point, we have Roz immediately attacking Niles as she comes onto the scene. Um, she's meeting Andy Winslow, of course. I can't remember who it is. Someone in Fraser Fan Club is um, in the fan mail. Sorry, listener mail. Someone has mentioned this, so I will end up repeating myself at the end of the episode. But it's worth pointing out. It may have been Mischief Night, actually. That this is like the first time N- Niles actually like calls Roz out by her name and knows who she is. Like he initiates conversation with her, he calls her over. So quite a nice like step up for their interaction here. And just for me, I... sorry, you go, you go. For me, I think that this is they're moving on to the next phase of their relationship now. Big time, yeah. They've, they've realized yeah. it's getting a bit old, like the whole Niles doesn't know who she is thing. And, it, you know, you get to the stage now where, they, you know, they like they can take the mick out of each other a little bit. And, and you know, in this one where he goes on, oh, I, I, I barely acknowledge your existence. Why doesn't she like me? <laughs> you can move on to those sort of jokes instead, but it works. It's the right time to move on from him not knowing her. Yeah, completely. I'm just... I, <laughs> there's a bit of a I've got mixed feelings a little bit about how they speak about Ross at this point because it's a little bit out of character for them um not completely because I'm not going to go into spoilers but Frasier for this is mainly for Reclia who who is our resident on spoiler watch Frasier at so so spoiler alert I'll say it again Frasier and Ross's relationship is complicated that's all I'll say um as the series goes on so the fact the way he talks about her at this point like when he talks about the black that slips over when she leans over the decks and stuff 
at one on one hand, I'm like, yeah, Fraser's a warm-blooded male. He works with Ross, who is attractive. He would think this, and but I just think it's weird him voicing it to Niles when they've never really shared that kind of conversation before. And Niles saying that she's comely in a back alley sort of way is funny also kind of misogynistic in, in some respects um but i just love the minor detail of him kind of like getting up and looking through the door you know like he kind of gets up and watches her go in and he puts his hands behind his back and he's kind of peering in through nervosa's door which is quite singular in its own way because i don't think we ever see the nervosa entrance from this angle like being used in this way um that often but yeah i just quite it's quite, it feels quite human for him to kind of get up from the table and walk around the set a little bit and it it's just kind of a nice little detail that this why this episode's so good they're kind of making nervosa the stage in in some ways but yeah how do you kind of make what do you make of that ros kind of interaction a little bit i, I kind of like it to be honest with you because mm. I, I think that we start to see a bit of a different side to the characters in a way we've not ordinarily seen and it's a bit you know we don't in the first season we haven't really seen oz and niles do anything together other than yeah. the sheep i don't know you or for joke. sure um feels a bit like when you see a joke like this and you see Niles and Frazier sort of talking about her and Niles saying, you know, she's kind of good looking and things like this. I don't know, it feels a bit for me like we're behind the camera sort of thing and we're seeing this whole other side to them that we've not seen before and it does feel very human. Um, I, I really like that. I, I and I do agree with you. I mean, I know I've just kind of, you know, I'm trying to be devil's advocate here kind of being, you know, thinking critically about these, these things, but I, I do like it because it is a bit of a pulling back the curtain on these two and showing us what they really think because they are, you know, they are men they're going to have these kinds of thoughts you know without kind of stereotyping whatever and yeah i just think it's it's a nice moment for the for the two of them kind of getting closer because they do share these kinds of conversations later on and that's what this episode is about it's like you've had a whole year you've had well, a year or whatever you've had 24 episodes with these two as brothers let's just give them an episode where they can really come out of their shell a little bit and i like in many ways i guess that Roz is is the person who kind of teases that out because it is ultimately Roz's appearance that kind of snowballs into Frasier ultimately asking, are you in love with Daphne? Which is obviously a huge moment in this episode, because it's the first time Niles is confronted with that question that the audience are always wrestling with at this point. And, you know, he has to stump up an answer and stuff. But obviously, we haven't quite haven't quite got to that uh, to that bit yet. But I love the fact it starts raining. I mean, I've talked a million, million times about rain, so don't need to repeat myself. But it's so... It's not raining. God is crying. It got, that's right. It was. It's so cosy because... Uh, the, the, the fact they're in Novosa, it's raining. If you've ever been in a coffee house working or whatever, and it's raining, it's great. The fact they sit in the window seat, I love how they're kind of like looking out the window and Niles saying, oh boy, it's really coming down out there. Like, I love that line because there's no need for him to say it. Like, that's the kind of line that would, it's used like to establish something in the in the world of the episode. It, it's, 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 you know, it's essentially a line that they could have done something else with, a line wasted, if you will. But because this episode is all about realism, and like normal conversations i like the fact they just he points out the obvious here because we don't need him to say that we've got a window having water chucked at it but the fact he does say that just reminds us oh yeah this is this is real this is two people having a conversation just yeah it's a, it's a silly detail but i think this is an episode full of silly details that add up to a lot so there's a moment at this point in the episode that i, I this has been called out in some listener mail but i'd, I'd already heard this um, uh, many years ago on on the subreddit or somewhere on a Asia forum 
one of my favorite moments of the series because of like its symbolism and what it means. So, so at this point, Andy Winslow comes in and Niles goes, oh, wow, you know, he's really handsome, isn't he? And he's like, wow, I don't think I've ever said wow about another man before. And, you know, I wonder what it means. To which Razor responds, oh, it means you're a gay man. You know, your marriage is a sham. You've been living a lie, blah, blah, blah. He makes a joke. As he says that, I don't know if you've already you already knew this key or you picked it up, but when he says, "Oh, you know, you're a gay man," blah 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 blah, Niles laughs. He drinks his coffee and he looks directly at the camera, smirking. And I think it is one of the best meta gags of the show. So David Hyde Pierce looks directly at the camera. Did you did you know? Did that? not know that. No. Oh, How no, good not. is that? It's such <laughs> a cool little detail. And I remember it being called out on like a forum or fr- I think it was on Reddit ages ago, and uh, I had I'd never. You know, I'd, I'd never caught that before because it's like a split second. But now I see it. You can't unsee it. It is so, so good. And just testament to David Hyde Pierce again. I wonder if that was scripted. I'm almost certain it wouldn't have been. You know, they it's left it in poor, there because... Or Pierce. Yeah, it just works so well. What I love about this, I actually really, really love Frazier's delivery on the line. It means you're a gay man. I don't yeah. know why. There's something about the way he delivers that line. It's just <laughs> so well done. He gives you like a really commanding delivery of it, doesn't he? <laughs> it means you're a gay man. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great delivery of a line. So Martin and Daphne kind of, after we said that, Martin and Daphne arrive. Would the waitress really buy at this point that Eddie is a guide dog? It's kind of fill in people who aren't familiar with the plot. Martin is pretending to be blind at this point because they've stepped in out of the rain and he's got Eddie with him. Eddie obviously not being allowed in the Vosa. He pretends to be blind and the waitress completely buys that. I don't know if a Jack Russell Terrier has ever been used as a guide dog, but I can't imagine they'd make a very good one. I could be completely wrong, but would you, does this bit, does this bit work for you other than being hilarious? I mean, what, it is hilarious. It is I hilarious. Mean, the reason it works purely because if I went up to someone with a Jack Russell and said no dogs allowed and they pretended to be blind, I would backpedal so fast that <laughs> regardless of what it looks like I would just assume I'm wrong apologise a dozen times and not be able to match them so kind of get where the wait- waitress is coming from on that front just yeah apologize. I think it's such a sensitive topic that, like even if you were so suspicious Again, this is a bit of a British thing, perhaps, as well. Her reaction, I think, is very British in that we wouldn't think twice. We'd like, okay, you know, fair enough. Let's just go with that. But yeah, it's so this is what I wanted to talk about earlier, Kieran, when we're doing Trivia Corner. For, Martin is called stupid for forgetting his umbrella. Daphne calls it a bumba shoot. Bumba shoot. She says, Never you forgot to bring your bumba shoot with you. Never heard this in a million years. And I Googled it, and apparently it's just some, it is a slang for an umbrella. I don't know where it's slang. It sounds like it would be somewhere like Scotland or something, but. I, mean, I feel that's not been slang since the 1800s. Yeah, I am honestly, <laughs> it, it really grinds my gears because it's just not common slang at all. And I worry that people will listen to this thinking, oh, that must be British slang. I'm going to start using using it it's like don't please if you come over to england and ask to use a bumper shoot no one will know what you mean but yeah it's uh it's got another kind of nail in the coffin of the the writers trying to make daphne british but it being very patchy in a in part so yeah i mean it feels a little bit like they just sort of i mean i was gonna say googled but i'm not sure about the time period but yeah, I know what you mean. Like you Googled slang and that's what you got. You've just tried to go for something unique. For, for uh, sure. I think it is trying to be kind of that that kind of uniqueness that doesn't quite wash here. 
I mean, I, I need to just—I I need to say just even before we even get to the end of the episode, you know, I do love this episode. I'm—I'm—it may it sounds like I'm bringing up a lot of negative things, but I'm not. I just—they make interesting talking points. It's quite uh, thinking critically about stuff like this. On Wikipedia now, while we're talking, and Wikipedia mm. actually says "bumbershoot" the rare and fanciful Americanism from the late nineteenth century. What? So it makes even less sense. It's yeah, it's an what? It's really so, so Daphne knows it, but all of these Americans don't, and. She has got like no knowledge of American culture. You know, she can only say "sure" in an American accent. So that that makes it even worse, in my opinion. Like that is it actually appears in the film "Chitty Chitty Bang Bang." Van Dyke says, "Me old bamboo, me old bamboo. You you never, you better never bother with me old bamboo. You can have me hat or me bumba shoot, but you better never bother with me old bamboo." I know that. I know. I love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and I know that song, and I I have heard that lyric before, but have never ever thought twice about what the F a bumba shoot is. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is one of my favourite films. So yeah, the plot thickens on the bumba shoot front, but great, great (laughs) find there, Kay. If you're a little, uh, you're wicking in the background. So we've got to think critically again another point here the perils of toast sweat the scourge of our time come up here now this is very out of character frazier would never butter a slice of toast on his counter unprotected and would obviously be anti-toast sweat like martin and frazier swap roles at this point do you think that's maybe the gag because martin's lived with him that long no this is like the end of the episode the end of the season that they want to show bits of frazier rubbing off on him or Am I giving them the benefit of the doubt there? And it's actually oh, just, you're it's a bit of a silly bit. gag that Frasier just shouldn't be buying into. A little bit, yeah. I feel that they they wrote this joke. They like it. It is a funny joke, and I'm completely on board with Martin. Yeah, I but... like the way it's constructed. It just oh, it's the horrible. wrong way around. Um, yeah, and it just you know maybe they found the context of the episode. It wouldn't have worked the other way around. But for me, I, I I think it is a little bit. I feel I've got a really good joke. They've tried to shoehorn it in a little bit and maybe got it a little bit the wrong way around. But it is it is funny and. The evils of toast sweat is definitely a thing. I'm completely with Martin. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you can't mess about with your, your toast. I never butter toast unprotected. So, you know, that's <laughs> a good advice for teenagers out there. Um, for a second, then, I thought you were going to say, I never butter toast. Just because <laughs> oh, I no. can't risk it. How, where do you stand on peanut butter while we're here, Kay? I found a peanut butter well. You're not a fan. No, I'm not a fan. No, you're no. not a fan. Oh, man. I love peanut butter. Um, recently, oh. got into it in a very big way and feel very American every time I have some. Um, I know I know Americans are big fans, generally speaking. So if you're a fan of peanut butter, write in, let us know. Do you prefer crunchy or smooth? The age old debate. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have a PB and J. I sound like I'm running some kind of 2 a.m. radio show where like no one calls in. So I'm making up stuff like, oh, you gotta do you do you wipe your wipe your backside when you go to the toilet? Please phone in. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Frasier at this point, I think someone else has said this again in listener mail we'll get to it i think fraser deserves something awful in his coffee at this point because he's taking the piss to be quite to be quite honest like if i was this waitress i'd be so annoyed with him to be honest with you if the wait- waitress had got it wrong with me first time i'd have just accepted it anyway i am not. with you i would not have sent it back um yeah he's taking the piss in the years and he definitely she hasn't i don't think she's even got it wrong once Frazier no, just changed just, his mind. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, yeah. He doesn't tell her, does he, when he orders the Zimbabwe? He just says, I'll have a Zimbabwe latte. He does not stipulate the four things that he ends up calling her out for. I've only just realised that. 
So yeah, he's he's a real ass in this episode. <laughs> Just yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's a great line from Martin here. Serves you right for keeping your sweaters in a place called a cubby. Um, cubby, I feel like is a very British word as well. I don't know if you agree with me here. Um, like cover it just it sounds nice and warm and it sounds really cozy and again this episode's kind of maximum cozy drive so yeah love the love the little cubby reference there (laughs) my next bullet point simply reads guy from the toilet is massive (laughs) the guy that that comes out where frazier screamed oh god you know have i been waiting to see you or something can you remember what the line is oh god i'm glad to see you yeah and the guy comes out Looking just equally terrifying and also hilarious. There's just something about him. Where I don't know what it is. He's one. He's huge and he's taking up like fifty percent of Nervosa's space. Um, but yeah, that's that's a great little moment. It's a really fun, they use the bathroom so well in this episode. I mean, his coffee points out. They use it for the commercial breaks. But just the jokes you get between you know Niles gets his whole little diatribe about it being entirely too oily, and I don't imagine Niles using hang like moisturizer hand cream in a place like Navostra, I feel like. Where you feel like he wouldn't want to use like a communal receptacle. Yeah, I feel he's a bit too upmarket for that. Yeah, I know I know what you mean actually. He he wouldn't want to use a dispenser that everyone's been using, would he? Like he'd have his own in a in like a breast pocket or something. Yeah, but it is it's done so so well, I think, in this episode. The toilet the bathroom is used well and you get these nice little jokes. And you know, you get the callback as well with Fraser in this bit to the hand cream, uh, which works so well. And just before this as well, just to, outside of the, the bathroom, I suppose, I love Martin's line about when he finds out it's fifty for coffee, the way John Mahoney <laughs> delivers for coffee. For coffee? <laughs> what kind of world are we living in? I share his uh, his misgivings because coffee is ludicrously expensive these days um, and like you can't escape it anymore but like I mean I don't know if you've ever had filter coffee from Starbucks because filter coffee you pay like a pound for it whereas all their normal coffees are like 260 is like the cheapest and it's only a pound and it obviously comes straight out of their machine rather than being like freshly ground beans but that stuff is like rocket fuel I had a mug of that once at uni and i was literally shaking in my chair and i don't get affected by caffeine i literally it was like i don't know two lines of coke it was insane <laughs> so yeah but i i completely share his his misgivings here one dollar fifty for coffee it, it, in the 90s sounds like a lot yeah, i mean now it sounds sounds positively lovely <laughs> yeah i say as i'm drinking a nice cup of tea actually i have had coffee a lot today so the cup of tea is uh, to take the edge off one thing i want to say how has no one took their table whilst all three of them were absent from it because moments earlier a vacant table in this in this coffee house was descended upon within seconds and in this moment none of them attending their table and no one takes it and i just think would it have been better if they'd left someone at the table to kind of to shout to keep the conversation going they're having to shout across the room because they don't want to get up and leave the table i thought that would have been quite a good gag i think particularly actually that would have worked very well with martin being at the table yeah yeah Outing a dollar fifty when Fraser's at the counter to pay. I think that would work really well. Um, I agree with you. I think that'd work very well. That's a cool little bit. I love the line. I've always had an ear for your tongue, and like 
just classic phrase you're going no so when he says that uh, to Daphne she leaves the door again just another I mean I don't want to skip ahead because there was there's another episode on it's in season two actually so we're going to be getting there pretty soon but it was on TV the other day and I caught a little bit of it and literally within seconds Niles had a prolonged episode of sniffing Daphne's hair and uh, I couldn't help but think about the conversations we have about that and just this line then I've always had an ear for your tongue it's hilarious but it is also like oh man you know you, you're almost crossing the line here Niles in some ways but for me it does feel it feels a bit meta because you you do get Frasier asking the questions on every fan's lips of you know do you have a thing for Daphne and I really do love as well I mean I say this so often but I love the little interplay between Niles and Daphne like the fact that he calls his umbrella I think he calls it a bumble shoot you know just yes, to try it yeah so I'll get in with her a little bit and yeah kind of curry favor I do like that's quite sweet in some ways just it is I don't know I feel like in a snapshot the writers are saying this is where the two of them have got to in their relationship and they're hinting at what's to come by Frasier asking the question I think that's them saying this isn't going to be just a we're not going to play this for jokes for the rest of the show I feel that's I, I think that's a really good observation yeah I think they're kind of this is the finale so let's have Frasier confront him let's have a few more risque moments and yeah as you say let's let's sow the seeds for what it will inevitably become because obviously in the next few seasons Niles is going to end up start you know spoiler alert is going to start going through his divorce with Maris and so yeah it's uh it's 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 a great way of kind of establishing that foundation for what season two will obviously pick up on in for us in in a week's time. But yeah, so I love the back and forth here um, about Martin between the two of them. I think it's very brotherly the way they're speaking about him. Um, really, really enjoy that. I love the anecdote about Frasier falling asleep on the couch and Martin kind of stroking his hair. It's a lovely, sweet moment and kind of fits that classic Frasier template of having that final episode. You know, the last few minutes is the denouement where there's a lovely kind of heartstring tugging. But also do find the story hard to believe. I don't know if you did. Me, it doesn't quite land for me. No. I just, I find it, like, it just, I know they try and sort of spin it with him saying, you know, don't think it's time, you've got a haircut, you're starting to look like Bozo. Yes, um, which does make sense and that I can believe. I don't see in any world for any reason Martin ever saying, you know, ever stroking Frasier's hair. I, just, I don't, just, I, just, I don't yeah. see it. I, I'm trying to think of episodes where he does show he does display affection for them and again this may be a spoiler for Recklier. i don't know what episode it is oh what season it is it's the return of martin crane is the episode he gets a job as a security guard and he kisses them both on the cheek before he leaves i that i mean that is very late on i think that is season 9 10 or 11 and i can't remember a time before then massively there will have been moments but that many before then where he openly displays like a really intimate gesture of love um kissing caressing anything like that so yeah this it's a really lovely anecdote and the way it's delivered's great it's completely in keeping with the rest of the episode but does kind of flag up a few things like is this easy to believe etc etc now we have the question are you in love with Daphne? Where we have the spit take from Niles <laughs> and spitting his coffee everywhere. Um, a little frothier than I had in mind. <laughs> Niles considering an affair. What you really want is to be married with Maris, but have an affair with Daphne. Yes. Can I do that? <laughs> just, I love that. I think that's one of the best lines of the episode because it's like, it's just, he's not even joking. Like he, it's a, it's a funny line, but Niles at that moment does display like a real 
selfish side, but in a side that you know we come to know and love him for. Like he, he you know, this is it's a very serious thing he's talking about, and he's making light of it. But he's also deadly serious. If he could get away with it, I think he would have an affair. I mean, look at mid mid evenings. What's he called? Midsummer. Call it midwinters. Midwinters night's dream. Um, look at that episode. You know, he literally almost did have an affair so yeah i mean what do you make of this i i mean what i'll say is just before this i'm just going to give a shout out to the waitress because i love for me it's probably possibly the zinger is we've got a team of specialists working on it sass from the waitress it's wonderful <laughs> um, i i really love just how open niles is with this. he does not pretend he, he no he doesn't you know play as he probably should and just lie and go no no i'm in love with maris you know he's just yeah, when I'm an affair, can I do that? <laughs> I love how earnest he and honest he is about it. It's wonderful. It really is. Um, Speaking of romantic relationships and the intimate side, Roz has some great moments here when she tells us that Andy Winslow was trying to convert her rather than actually go on a date with her. And a great line from Roz that actually sticks in my head, really. If, the, if she had like a soundboard, this would be on it for me. I don't have anything against religious people. I don't care if they're Jewish or a Jehovah's Witness or a Buddhist. I am ecumenical. I embrace men of all faiths. This is really funny. I love Nas's little comeback of, uh, oh, no, no, they didn't go into dating until the New Testament. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, I just, someone, someone else has said this. We'll get to it in Listener Mail, but it's a really lovely ensemble episode because we get to see. <laughs> bits of all of the main cast which you know is rare we don't we haven't had that many episodes with all of the main five in so i really Uh, really like that fact you were going to say something i think for me that was one of my big takes from the episode is that i think it's very deliberately done to give you a little to basically i think it sums up the entire run of the show in a sense in one episode in the sense that this is frazier mainly then niles and then everyone else sort of has their moments and that's i think it's just epitomized in one episode and as last episodes of a tv season go it's up there with the best of them like they they wrap up the season so well yeah i can't think of many season finales that are this good like it part of me wants wishes they'd done another episode like this for the season for the false finale of the show i think it would have been really cool to have like revisited this in some way um you know this is a, a huge spoiler now, uh, Reclia. Massive spoiler for one of the last lines of the show. So if you want to like mute the volume for about 20, 30 seconds. In the last episode, Niall says, I'll miss the coffees to Frasier. Obviously, they have so many. But I just think of this episode and I think that's what he'll miss. He'll miss meeting him at Nervosa talking about the little things talking about the big things it's just it is their sanctuary you know it's their place that they go to 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 kind of set the world to rights as i've said so i love the the kind of callback in the last episode and it would have been nice to maybe have seen this finale done in some other ways i completely agree with you it's it's up there with the best frazier is kind of saying what if i don't find somebody it's a very real concern like a really human moment for him as well in this episode you know speaking of kind of human moments with niles i think it's a really kind of valid thing he has and i think this is one of the things he wrestles with throughout the show the idea of true love and will he ever find it and, and that kind of thing and i think the way kelsey delivers the line but what if i don't yeah so his voice kind of breaks a little bit doesn't it and i, I think it's very real fear i mean i mean we will have discussed it what he's the early 40s at this stage in his life yeah i think it. i think he is yeah he's alone he's divorced he's living with his dad who himself is alone because his wife has passed away 
you know, it is very much a very, very real possibility for him that he's not going to find somebody he's going to be alone. And it is such a raw, vulnerable moment. It's really, it's beautiful to see in a way, actually. Sitcom, you know, play for laughs so often, but these beautiful, heartwarming, beautiful moments just dropped into it. And it's done so well. Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, it's it's a really lovely moment. His delivery is great. Kelsey's Kelsey kind of handles it really well. Um, and just kind of kind of keep in keeping that thread of kind of the way this episode and the acting and the way things are delivered and the way it kind of resolves these questions. I love the fact that Martin comes back to apologize. It's like unexpected in this episode, I think, but I'm really glad he does because otherwise it really sours what's like a really cozy, nice episode. Like the the argument with Martin is like the only conflict in the in the whole episode obviously every Frasier episode normally has a conflict really that's the only one and I'm so glad they resolve it because you know this episode wouldn't be the what it is I think if it was left on a kind of sour note going into season two I I find it really hard to believe that Frasier and Niles would forget his birthday however this is the first season and they've only just reconnected with Martin. Am I wrongly kind of colouring in an 11-year relationship? Obviously, we know they have. I think maybe, maybe it is plausible in season one that they would forget it. How do you kind of see this? I, I think it's plausible. And I think that Frasier and Niles are the sort of people who can get so wrapped up in their own little world and their own little antics that they do yeah. forget the- people's birthdays and maybe don't put the thought into that sort of thing that perhaps they should like we've seen before with uh frazier and he maybe doesn't put the thought in his gifts to Roz that she gives to him and things like that that's um, true yeah that's a good point actually i do absolutely love niles's comeback of of course it was we were planning it <laughs> to the party but if we threw it on your birthday wouldn't be a surprise <laughs> he just goes surprise <laughs> he just runs it's into like, oh, it you can see the look on your face <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, really. I completely agree with you. I think it maybe is plausible for the fact it's season one. The last bullet point I've got for this episode, actually, is literally what I've already mentioned, um, which I'm not going to mention again because it was a spoiler. But it was about that symmetry with the uh, Niles saying, Frasier, as always, I've enjoyed getting together with you for coffee. And I'm not going to say the line again for fears of doing another spoiler alert. But yeah, you people listening who were listening five minutes ago will see what I mean. There's a very good symmetry between this episode and the last episode particularly with Niles there and what he's saying um which right. I think's really really good any kind of you got a final bullet point for the review mate two things I'd say one I do love the symmetry I mean as much as you said that with the other episode I think there's a lot of symmetry between this and the first episode and yes because they obviously there's, there's quite a bit of nebosa and, and you know we get another line right at the end Daphne says am I that transparent and Martin goes no I'm psychic just like you know she says in the yes. first episode I'm a bit psychic. I'm a bit psychic. <laughs> um, so I, I do love it. And I think that this episode is, works so well as a parallel with episode one to see how far they've all developed as individuals, but also the relationships between them all have developed. And I remember saying so many times when we got, in the first few weeks that these relationships, they're not quite the relationships we know and love yet. Whereas at this stage, we're very much getting to that territory that they they do have those chemistry the chemistry is built up the relationships there and things like that one other thing i'm going to throw in now because we forget this let's say eight weeks out of ten and i don't want to forget it this week i think i know what you're going to say episode title yes don't worry i've got a list of all these things um beyond the review to remember and that was on there I, I, I do know what the episode title is referencing. I'm assuming you do because you're you're leading with it. I think I think it's my dinner with Andre. 
It is, and that actually gets referenced in a different episode of Frasier. I can't remember what it is, but they're talking about a DVD they lent to Martin. Um, Frasier or Niles did, and they lend him My Dinner with Andre, and he kind of makes a joke about how boring it was. Um, have you seen My Dinner with Andre? Not, but I, I feel like I've seen it because I feel like it's very, very popular for sitcoms to do a joke about My Dinner yeah, with Andre. And it, do an episode. I know um, Community uh, did an episode, My Dinner with Arbed, which is a take on that. Oh, no uh, way. As well. So I feel like it's it's one that gets reviewed quite a lot. Yeah, it's a really good film. Um, Wallace Shawn and, oh, for the life of me, I can't remember Andre's um, surname, but both big film stars. I think it came out in like 1982 or something. But it's the two of them, basically just they meet, they're like old friends reconnecting and both have pretty different worldviews. And they meet for a meal in, in New York one night and they just basically like have this really long conversation for an hour and a half essentially along my coffee of niles it's really good um there are some moments of it that are like kind of have become a bit memey because they're like he starts talking about like the carceral state and you know new york is a prison and and things like that and some really kind of prescient stuff considering this came out 40 years ago so um definitely if you like this episode you probably would like the film so worth checking out my dinner with andre that is i've got to ask you key what would kennedy burley make of this episode i think kennedy burley finds this a heartwarming like if if the word cubby was a tv episode yeah it would be this episode it's just it's really lovely to watch and it's a nice warm wholesome episode and there's not a lot of TV shows I watch that I say that this is nice and wholesome, but it is. And it's just, as I say, there's so many parallels to the first episode and to later on in, in the run of the show. It's Kennedy, Kennedy approves. Kennedy loves it. Kennedy loves this episode. He finds it cozy. He likes the cubby. Thank you very much, Kate. No further explanations needed. Uh, I'm going to ask you who your pick of this episode for the Best Actor Award is. Um, who have you Kate. gone with or actress? Me, I think it's got to be Kelsey. Very, very good selection and very interesting because I have gone with Niles, David Hybeus. Interesting. So nice. Oh. Really, it is between the two here, but I, I just think of the the PBS uh, monologue outside, the way he talk, kind of talks about um, Daphne inside. For me, DHP just tipped the scales. But I think it was a really tough call. What is interesting is after five weeks, we've not, I don't think there's, I think it might be one or two weeks where we've gone the same. In terms of the actual numbers, we are the same. We've both gone for Niles twice, Frasier twice, and Martin once. Wow, there you go. Kind of feel bad for Ross and Daphne, but they'll get their due. They'll get their due. It is... I'd, we did say I do think it's going to be skewed towards the three men just because of how the writing ends up being. You know, they are the focus. But yeah, that's really interesting. I'm glad. Nice one for keeping track of that. I always forget you're diligently keeping tallies over there. So we've done episode title. Key, is this in your top 10? Oh, it feel bad, but I'm afraid it's not in my top 10. Oh my, I am so shocked that you said no. that. D- Key, can you ask me, please? Uh, well, is this in your top 10? Yes, it is in my top 10. <laughs> my confidence is in my top 10. I am extremely surprised it's not in yours. And no judgment or shade being thrown here because I, all power to you. Because that makes it more exciting for me. Because there's another slot that I'm going to have to guess at some point. So, yeah, I mean, fair play. As we've gone through this, I've been feeling maybe it should be in my top 10. But Don't worry, man. You've made your decision. Stand I, don't know. I feel a bit like I've been psyched out by the fact that I had two in recent weeks. 
That is, yeah, that is true. Actually, like there's been a there's been a mental block on it. Like I didn't want to go three in the space of four weeks. It's a very very strong ending, though. Yes, and I think we may get to the end of the Dufano show, and I say that I'm changing it and putting this one in. But, um, <laughs> um, so, but you know, I, I mean, fair play. My coffee of Niles is probably the episode I see on on the most on people's top tens um, online. So I think we're gonna have a lot of people listening that this will be in their top ten. So and a few people as we'll get to in Listener Mail, have, have kind of said the same. But just got one quick shout-out to do, and it is to a Mr. Preston Poling. Now, Key, you're going to love this. Preston is a huge Frasier fan, and he's like a, he's, he's present on Frasier Fan Club and stuff. This is how I found him. He runs on Facebook something called The Frasier Project, and he is recreating a set model of Frasier's Apartment and Novosa. He's currently doing Frasier's Apartment, it is the most incredible model scale of anything I've ever seen. He is, he is literally 3D printing all of the parts to Martin's chair, and he's got special order fabric made that looks exactly like it, so that this tiny little chair will recline exactly like Martin's does. That's the kind of detail he's gone for here. When we did Fraser Crane's Day Off, he did a tiny little mini tableau where he had made the um, bendy straws. He had made the little little saltine crackers and soup that Fraser's eating. He made all of that scale model as well. Um, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. So go and check out the Fraser project if you don't already know it. Um, Preston is a great guy, great fan of Fraser, and is literally like a genius when it comes to DIY. But yeah, really cool. So Key, before we go to listener mail, are you ready for whose crane is it anyway? I am indeed. Excellent. I want you to tell me who says the line, it's worth a try. It's worth a try. Who says that line? Um, Bonus points for context, as always. You say that, you like you're a commentator on the golf. <laughs> going very quiet just before it's all about to start. Um, I tell you what, while you're thinking over that, I'm just going to do a quick one minute or 30 second plug. Last week, we forgot to do Fraser Crane's Day Off, what the episode title is a reference to. It is obviously. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, a phenomenal film, one of my favourites. Um, so if you want an absolute 80s back-to-back-a-thon, watch My Dinner with Andre, <laughs> closely followed by Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Two very different films, but uh, wholly recommended. But yes, Key. That, that could be my Saturday, actually. That sounds like a that pretty good Saturday. That could be your Saturday. Sounds bloody good. Like, I might come round. <laughs> um, who says it's worth a try? I have not got a clue. So I'm going to say it is either Frasier or Niles. It's a it's a good as guess as any in this episode. I'll be honest. In in Nervosa. Oh oh. Okay, I'm thinking. Could it be when Niles is on about like his stare, his look, and and Frasier goes, "Oh, it's worth a try." I'm gonna say that. Is that it? So, so you're gonna say Frasier saying it? Think so. Yeah, Frasier. You is it Frasier? are correct. <laughs> and <laughs> it's the exact context. You're right. He says it's worth a try, and they both do the stare, um, and then they give each other high fives because he says, "Niles, I'll never doubt you again." Um, but yes, excellent key, well played. Um, but that just leaves listener mail, so let's hop over to that this week. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, so first person I'm going to read out for listener mail this week is Cam Winston Hamish, one of our resident quiz masters, and he put on last week's episode. I agree that it was Kelsey's episode for best actor. I personally believe it was one of his best for the entire series. I do think it was made even funnier because of his ridiculous haircut fluffing up in the back. Brilliant. Couldn't agree more with that Hamish. His hair is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, but I'm also glad you mentioned the Fraser Fan Club on Facebook too, Will, as I'm a big follower on there. I always try to promote your podcast along with our good friend Steve, which we're very grateful for, Hamish. Um, he actually did that today, 
And uh, quite a few new people commented actually saying they were going to start listening, um, which is just brilliant. So thank you for all of that. And he put, let's go AVFC, which we're going to need all we can. Aston Villa are going to need all the support they can get from New Just Zealand to uh, to the UK to kind of keep us keep us afloat there. But yeah, thank you very much, Hamish. Uh, Key, I believe you've got something from Mischief Knight. Uh, yes. So uh, great episode as always, gents. Uh, thank you very much. That's a great question. Yes, thank you, you Corey. Um, although I may have been physically sicker, the one I'll, I'll never forget is when I was a high school junior, I was taking an AP test, that's advanced placement, and if you score high enough, you usually um, could opt out of a few lower-level university courses. Uh, this test was administered with an iron fist. It was the first day of spring, and they opened the window right next to my seat, where a beautiful flowering tree had just come into bloom and triggered oh, my allergies. <laughs> I had no, no tissues, nor were there any in the room, and by the rules of the test, I couldn't leave to go get any. So I had to struggle taking this test using pieces of paper from my notebook <laughs> to address the river coming out of my nose. <laughs> it was terrible. That is absolutely awful. <laughs> oh, fairness, I've, I've been there in, in a GCSE yeah, exam. Allergies, man. They get it. I mean, I've, I've mentioned my bladder before, but not being able to leave a room is like telling me you are going to wet yourself because there is just that is the worst thing imaginable for me. So, God, fair play. Steve carries on. Um, Edward Hibbert also has a role in the 2007 Broadway musical Curtains, along with David Hyde Pierce, who is the lead. So listening to that soundtrack is fun to hear them talk to each other from time to time. I met Edward outside of the theatre after the show, and he said, "If you finally want to finish, if you want to finally finish your Fens and Spinnies line, I'd love <laughs> to hear it." He smiled and replied. I would, but I need to go backstage so I can pretend to listen to the director's show notes. Yes, <laughs> I'm happy because I found this podcast. Oh, what a lovely way to end. But that is a fantastic anecdote about Edward Hibbert. That is hilarious. Um, being able to reference to him the Fens and Spinney's line is, uh, is incredible. But yeah, that's a lovely way to end things as well. Um, thank you very much, Corey. Um, so we got some from Reckless 77 who I've already called out at some points in this podcast on Spoiler Watch. He put, uh, all right, see, I have my thoughts on the next episode. Um, he put, when I first got wind of this title, my mind instantly went to the episode Author, Author. I thought it'd just be the two brothers again. What a pleasant surprise this finale turned out to be, especially with all the cast equally involved. I admit being a big fan of the Niles and Daphne plot, I was on the edge of my seat at various points, hoping the conversation steered toward Fraser asking about Niles' feelings for Daphne. When it came, I had to take a moment to celebrate what a moving scene it was, especially hearing Niles say he can't stop thinking about her. Interestingly, his con confession is quite similar to Daphne's, which I just had to compare. Um, so yeah, they both say, like, I find myself thinking about him all the time. I can't get her out of my mind. There's a really great kind of symmetry. We use that word a lot on this podcast. Um, between Niles and Daphne kind of coming to terms with their feelings. Um, so really good. He put for an episode that was filmed in real time. It was engaging, funny, and well-written. I'm glad every main character got their fair share of screen time. It was well-balanced, just like the humor and the pacing. A fantastic finale for sure. So yeah, really, really cool. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts there, Reclia. Do you want to read Coffee's little paragraph that starts, it's finally here? Okay, so uh, from Coffee, so great to have you back with us. Really is. Uh, got, it's finally here, my coffee with Niles. <laughs> it's obvious, but this episode is absolutely in my top 10. My first that we've come on to on the podcast. Very my apologies if I nerd out a bit here. 
Asia has always been comfort television for me, and this is one of the most comfortable episodes from the series. The capsule nature of it makes me feel so cosy as if I'm in Cafe Nervosa myself, an extra member of the group sitting quietly and watching the dialogue unfold in real time. There's almost no time skips or scene changes to break that intimacy. I know it sounds sappy, but this episode always makes me feel, manages to make me feel as if I'm personally spending an afternoon with the Crane family over coffee. I love it. Wow. I mean, I don't want to get sappy here, but that is literally, I could have written that myself. I cannot tell you how similar that is to how I feel about this episode. You voiced everything there, Coffee, that I feel about this, from the feeling like you're sitting there with them, to the sharing a coffee with them, to Frasier being comfort TV. Com- it is extremely comforting to me. All the episodes that have a cozy vibe of episodes I love. Um so yeah, I think that's just a really, really wonderful capsule review of this episode because that's exactly how I feel about it. We've also yeah, got great. a few more um, little shorter ones. Frightened Refugee 55 put tonight. Will and Kia on the crane with Fraser Air. <laughs> a little reference to Fraser Crane's day off. Really looking forward to the descent into Fraser's descent into madness. Um, that was obviously about Fraser Crane's day off. We've got, and finally, you, have you read, you've read something by Mischief Night, haven't you? Yes, you have. What, what was Mischief Night? Uh, Oh, yeah, so Mischief Knights put some more down here. Uh, so I had a crazy work week and just now watched the episode and had some notes. If you already recorded or have your agenda set, do not do not worry about using any of this. Just be glad to be part of the listening family at all. But don't worry, we do have time, Corey. He put, Niles claims he's feeling al fresco in this. In season two, episode 20, Breaking the Ice, Niles also calls himself a man of the great al fresco. So fun consistency and callback there. Martin feels like the Martin in the first three episodes of the first time in a while. Couldn't agree more of that, actually. And I think a lot of what we said in the episode about Martin, it's, uh, there's a lot of parallels with the first episode, um, which I think is, I'd never really noticed that, but it's uh, one of the strongest parts of my coffee with Nars. First psychic vision Daphne's had in a while. Very true. We also kind of touched on that a little bit. But not 100% sure, but I think, other than when covering for Frasier last episode, this is the first time Niles actually recognises and calls Roz by name outside of the studio. So that's where I got this from, and I mentioned it earlier. So um, credit to you, Corey. And he put the, this, the biggie. And, oh, yeah. And then he also references when David Hope Pierce looks at the camera after the, uh, the line about where he says, wow, um, uh, Andy Winslow. So yeah, so really, really great observations there. Some really good points. Um, and just lo- lovely to see so much love for my coffee with Niles, actually. It's such a uh, such a good episode. And is in my top 10. So there you go. So Key, next time we... I've, I've got a question, actually. Um, we can talk about this or I can edit this out. Do you want to jump ahead to season two, episode one? Or do you want to do a couple of bonus episodes, which we've been talking about, where we review all of season one episodes, as in we are going to sort them into kind of a, a, tr- a triple structure, like the best, the middle, and then the lower quality episodes, kind of split them all into thirds, so eight in each. Um, and also, we have a very special episode to do where we're going to talk through an interview I did by email with Joe Keenan one of the writers of Frasier. Um, are you happy to do those, Key, before we move on to the season two eps? For me, I, I particularly, I'm looking forward to kind of doing a review of the whole season. And just me too, actually. Yeah. We can kind of pick our favourite moments and stuff as well. And I think as well, it'd be nice. I, I think what we could do with, because I'm conscious, obviously, last week we, we didn't get a chance to record. It might be nice for us to have just a couple of maybe smaller bonus episodes that we have up our sleeve in case, for any reason, we do miss a week. 
so that people have got something to listen to. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah. So if we record the Joe Keenan one, we can maybe kind of keep that for a rainy day. And if any time we're not we're not going to be able to record that week, then I can just upload that as a as a little treat or something. And I know one that we sort of mentioned right at the the start when we started. You know, we were sort of pitching to each other ideas about what we were going to do on this podcast. Um, and we mentioned obviously the reboot and the discussions that are happening over that. I don't know if you want to do a, maybe a, a mini episode where we have a chat about our thoughts on that, or if you'd maybe that sounds rather, really good to me. Yeah, we could maybe rather wait a couple a bit of further uh, down the line when there's more information. I don't. Oh, I think there's a couple of articles we could read for that anyway, and we could maybe have a little discussion about that. I know there's been quite a few kind of things about that on on facebook and stuff um a lot, there was a big surge on fraser fan club when reunion was announced actually of like new membership so i think we could definitely do that but i think yeah i think a couple of bonus episodes to record would be nice but next week we'll, we will before we jump into season two we will be doing our season one recap where we sort all of the episodes into those three groups of eight i don't want to do a traffic light system of green amber and red because there aren't really any reds in this season but for for the sake of argument, that is what we'll be doing, kind of green, amber, red. Um, and that way people can share their favourites as well. Um, anything else, Key, before we, uh, we wrap up? No, I just want to say thank you to, one, to you, because this is more love charge. You've done, like, every time. you got to stop that, man. This is your podcast, too. Is, yeah, but, yeah, but I'm very much the... Um, <laughs> I'm your Kennedy Burling. I'm his like guy in the sound booth. <laughs> <laughs> your um, Fletcher Gray, my mentor. <laughs> <laughs> and and just as well, thank you to everyone over the course of the last see, was it twenty three episodes? Uh, twenty four episodes, maybe actually twenty four. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Twenty four episodes. Everyone who's who's listened, who's who's written in, who's engaged. It, it's amazing. As, as someone who never really, other than my brother growing up, no one else I knew watched Frasier. Uh, because yeah. I didn't know Will was watching it. Um, <laughs> it's great to have people, you know, people to talk to about it, to, to share this. It's fantastic. So thank you to everyone. And I hope that everyone feels like it's as much their podcast as it is ours, because it very much is. Absolutely, yeah. This is, a, this is a community podcast, and that's all we want to promote. Yeah, very well said, Kate. Couldn't agree more. And as a little side note, we hit 5,000 total downloads uh, this week, which is an amazing milestone for us. Um, obviously, we've only been going for one season, 24 weeks, 25 weeks. So that was that was really huge. But yeah, Echo Keys, thanks. Um, everyone who listens, please continue to do so. And uh, we love hearing from you every week as well. But other than that, I've been Will. Been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy And maybe I seem a bit confused Well, maybe But I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs